Hear ye, hear ye, and welcome to the Royal Geek Podcast. And no, your ears are not tricking you. This is not T-Roll, as per usual. This is Anthony Amato, also known as Shimato, uh, joined today by, uh, uh, as always, Justin Sandoval, also known as Sandy, and Stephen Cummings as our guest today. Uh, T-Roll is not able to be here with us today, but he is with us in spirit, and we are can't wait to have him back on. Time to power through this without T-Roll, which is going to be weird because that's the first one without him. Uh, but it's all good. Uh, Stephen Cummings is here to fill in, and uh, he is along this Marvel journey with us as well. Uh, Stephen, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, guys. Um, how y'all doing? I'm excited to talk about this for sure. Yeah, man. This Loki series has <laughs> it's, it's really gripped me. It's kept my attention. Yeah. Uh, and... It's shaping up to be probably the best Marvel show that they've released. Yeah, definitely, definitely ramping up. It's it's starting out very strong so far. Yes, very very strong. Definitely, series. definitely, very very good series so far. Definitely one of the best uh, so far that I've liked. Yeah. So I mean, with all that with all that said, uh, I mean, what do you guys think of uh, the this episode or the series? You can go further into that, but what are you guys thinking? Uh, go for uh, it. I, I mean, I am um, I'm loving the way that they're just. Uh, laying this stuff out, and um, it, it kind of has the feel of as Loki's figuring it out, we're figuring it out as well. So you're kind of on the journey with Loki as it's going through the series so far. So you kind of feel, it, it kind of makes you feel more attached to the series a little bit because you're learning as the main, um, well, it's, it feels weird to call him the protagonist, but because <laughs> he's normally the antagonist of whatever we are talking about. But uh, we're learning as the protagonist is learning as well. I mean, I kind of feel like you're kind of growing with Loki all over again, you know, just by him learning of everything that he had to go through in the real, the original Loki. You know, it's you're just going over it all over again. And I can't, Get enough of Owen Wilson as Mobius. Oh, oh my lord! Yes, Owen Wilson has been phenomenal to watch. Uh, his charisma just takes over the screen. And yeah, there's there's times where like like uh, Tom Hiddleston is like he commands your your uh, yeah. attention, but like Owen Wilson is is right step for step with with him, and it's it's so great to see on scene yeah. on screen. It, it it really is. It's really odd because you don't see it a whole lot with uh, people who are able to make Loki on the wrong foot. And I feel like Mobius is really good at that. It's just, you know, just kind of putting him a little off kilter just to the point to where Loki can't be as witty or smooth as he normally likes to be. And it, it, it's interesting seeing him like that. And, and it's just, it, it, it is literally like someone has just kind of pushed him just a little bit. He's just like almost balancing on one foot when he's when he's in the room with Mobius a little bit, and, and I I think it is Mobius, but it, it and it's a great like representation of how Loki is feeling in general right now because I think Mobius is um, showing him the overall issue that is happening with him as well because I mean for any of us you find out this organization the TVA and you have this idea of what power normally is and we saw in the first episode with him basically find out the Infinity Stones, something that he thought were the most powerful things in the world, are useless in this place. And he's off kilter as a character in general just because of everything that he is learning new. And Mobius is so good at being a, a, a verbal and physical representation of pushing him just a little bit off kilter. 
Yeah, I think uh, pushing him is like the best best way to say it. Yeah. Because like Loki, his confidence is down right now because he's not uh, he's out of his element and yeah. he's not actually the smartest guy in the room right now because Mobius keeps checking him every moment he gets. Yes. Which uh, seeing Loki respond to some of the the check the checkmates that uh, Mobius yes. is giving him, it's, it's fun to see because in his mind you can actually like see Loki like wait, wait a minute uh, what what yeah how did he what and it's it's really it's really fun to see play out. Um, but uh, I mean Loki as an overall character, like what we've learned uh, in the the movies, the twenty three movies up until the show, right? Uh, it's kind of flipping the character a little bit um, in a more vulnerable way. Yeah. And I'm really liking that side of Loki. Uh, it's just, I don't know, it's fun to watch right now. I mean, it makes so much sense for him as a character. I think, And I think that's why it works so well for someone who is, who, you know, is an orphan, was raised as, and even when he was raised before, it, before he knew he was an orphan, he was raised as the quote-unquote lesser child. Um, and he was always the second child. He was always the... He always had something to prove. He always had um, this underdog mentality in a lot of ways of, um, you know, it was always him against the world. And a lot of times you see this in TV shows where that character usually is a very vulnerable character and they use uh, either their wit or their intelligence or, you know, with other characters, sometimes they use, like, brute or things, stuff like that to, like, cover up those insecurities. So it tracks really well with this character, which is why I think it works really well in this show because it isn't just, like, oh, well, you know, it makes no sense that that would be like that. It's not like... It actually makes sense that they would actually go down that path with him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. I'm enjoying every second of that path, too. Yeah. So um, let's go ahead and do more of an episode breakdown. Uh, let's go ahead and try to talk about some of the, the high points. And if anybody had anything uh, wrong with the episode, uh, we can get to that as well. But uh, I guess starting out, um, we get thrown into 1985, yeah. Wisconsin, I believe, right? Yes. Which some of these some of these cities in America that they're going to is is really throwing me off, like, yeah. especially like uh, that's actually Fairburn, Georgia. I'm like I'm oh, like one hundred percent sure that is Fairburn, Georgia, and that is the Georgia Renaissance Festival. Um, I am, I believe it. I believe it. We see the big Georgia production logo in the yeah. back, but like like for example, like Wisconsin the start of this episode, yeah. and then Alabama the at the end of this episode, which I don't know. We're dealing with things like uh, like Asgard and like yeah. space, and then yet here we are talking about Wisconsin and Alabama. Well, I, Wisconsin makes a little bit of sense to me. Wisconsin has a very large like Scandinavian population, so it makes sense that they would, you know, there would be a connection with that and kind of like a little nod at his Norse mythology as well. Alabama makes no sense to me, but that's <laughs> that, that's neither here nor there. Uh, but yeah, it is. It is cool to see all these like it's random places too. It's not even like it's not even like it's Madison, Wisconsin, or Milwaukee, Wisconsin. It's a random um, city in Wisconsin. It was a random small town in Alabama. Yeah, you know, so, so it's definitely it's definitely interesting to see that. Yeah. So anyway, I just thought that that was weird. But uh, we the episode starts with us uh, seeing another uh, variant attack on yeah. the Minutemen. And uh, what did you guys think about this opening opening scene? For me, I don't know if it was. I had to take a double take right when it in, introed, because I thought I saw Agatha Harkness. Oh, oh really? Yes. Well, I must, when, when she's walking, when they're walking in from the TVA, um, off to the left, the person that greets them 
asking what they're wearing. I could have swore at first that was her. Oh, oh, oh yeah. first first glance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah definitely some similarities there. Um, but yeah, I don't. I, I, yeah, yeah, I don't see it. But uh, uh, but no, no, I can definitely the resemblance is there for yeah. sure. But uh, yeah, Shimano, what do you think of that opening scene? Um, this opening scene is probably the only thing that I found a little off about the series so far. There have been some moments where like the lighting has not been quite what I would want it to be. Um, very and I dark, get, wasn't it? Yes, it was, it was like, very hard to, dark. Hard to follow, and especially yes, yes. when the the Minutemen that got taken over, yeah. like, she was wearing all black, and then they were yeah. fighting in the dark. It was really hard to see. Yeah, so that that's the only, like, the, legitimately that's probably the only critique that I have so far, and maybe that was a purposeful choice um, to make it feel confusing, which I could understand if that's what they were going at, um, or to make, uh, like, the idea that, you know, she was taking over people and you're not really supposed to know where she, where, where they are and what's going on specifically. Um, so I can understand that potentially as a choice, but that would be the only thing that I, I feel so far, is there have been a couple times where you're like, I cannot tell what's going on. Like, it is too dark um, to, for, you know, for, for what is going on. Yeah, that I've I've encountered that a few times because uh, like the way the way I'm doing this, uh, watching the the series is that like I want to be like one of the first ones to see it. So even though I have to work at seven, yeah. seven in the morning, I'm waking up an extra hour early just so I can watch it. Yeah, and so in order to do that, I'm like watching it on my phone first view. <laughs> I know, really great, and majestic on yeah. on your phone early in the morning. Um, but then I go ahead and uh, the following evening, uh, I watch it on the big screen TV and. Yeah. Uh, so watching it on your phone and having those dark scenes, it's really frustrating. But uh, uh, even when I went to go watch it on the big screen, they were still still too dark. Yeah. And I was like, ah, man, uh, it must be something to do with their production. Yeah. Uh, something along the lines of that. But uh, but overall, the, yeah, the opening scene was probably the, the lesser part of the episode. Um, but what the opening scene like leads to, the, like the follow-up of the opening scene, I really, really enjoyed. And that's when um, Mobius takes Loki to the scene yeah. of the, the Minutemen jumping. And then we get into uh, them using Loki as like a consultant, and yeah. he's like, "Okay, what's going on here?" Like, like kind of walk us through it. <laughs> and they get to a point where, um, oh, well, we need to go because the the we're about to reach the apex. Yeah. And then Loki does like typical Loki fashion and uh, stalls. Yeah. Just to try to see what he can get away with. Like that. Just that whole entire interaction was phenomenal. Yeah, it's it's very interesting to see. The, the way that he is being treated, um, uh, I, I feel like Loki sees himself as, like, when you're watching a TV show, like one of those murder shows where the, the there's the person that comes in and immediately can identify what's wrong and everything like that. I think that's how he sees himself. Like, he's that special character. <laughs> um, but I feel like the Minutemen see him as almost like a, like a hound dog uh, in the sense of they get... You give him the scent, and he finds out what it is. Like, it's very straightforward. And I think we've seen a lot of that stuff with the Minutemen with not being able to see, extrapolate ideas and things like that. They're very they're very grunty, like, in the sense of they're just like, get us from point A to point B. We don't care about getting the nuance of getting from point A to point B, but you get us there, and you get us into our timetable. And, and then... Um, uh, Mobius is trying to do a little bit more of a, you know, mentorship type of idea. Yeah, he's so, definitely taking on the mentor role. For yeah, sure. so um, so it's interesting because it seems like everyone in that room is seeing Loki as something different than 
the other person. So it, it's really odd to see the interactions, how it's going along. And it's a, it's a fun journey, but you're definitely seeing, you know, each person thinks that Loki's in a different stage of this investigation. I mean, for me, that whenever they were doing that, it, it took me a minute to catch on that he was pulling a, a trick on him and trying to see how far he could go. I mean, he was... You fell into you fell into I, Loki's I, I fell uh, into, story. I fell into Loki's, <laughs> Loki's story for sure. Um, and Mobius was just giving him a long, long leash, and then he finally had to reel him back in. Yeah. Yeah, and then they're like, "Okay, he, he's lying. Let's 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 uh, yeah. reset it and go." And then, uh, and then we, we we go back into the time variance authority, and uh, Moby's getting called out by the judge. Yeah, uh, was it uh, Ravana? I think that's her name is R O V. Yeah, I believe so. N N A. Yeah, so he's she's getting called. It's like you botched the last mission because of Loki, and you gave him free reign, and you. Uh, I mean, keep him on a tight leash. Like he only gets like one more chance. Like so, she goes that whole route. Yeah. Like, the typical, uh, typical like anti-believer of uh, people can change that kind of thing, right? Yeah. Um. But then uh, Mobius tasks uh, Loki with more like investigative stuff, and like you you screwed that one up. But I need you to like go ahead and just just do your job, and research, research for me, and figure it out like that way, um, yeah. rather than putting him back in the field again. And this whole the whole sequence of Loki trying to figure some stuff out. Once again, like Loki, the idea like of, of the man who thinks he knows it all having to do research and figure stuff out. Yeah, great concept. They execute it to perfection. Uh, just seeing Loki picking up the books and the files and and yeah. having to go through the library. I love him getting shushed. Yes. Oh, man. especially <laughs> yes. Yeah, he's like, oh wow, uh, Minutemen get jumped again and get stolen, and then the yeah. lady in the background, man, just shh. <laughs> Loki's face when he does the return shush, it's 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 pretty great. Yeah, it's so petty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is it's different. I mean, like we've seen Loki petty in the past, but like at yeah. different levels. But this is like the bottom pettiness. Like yeah. as petty as petty like gets. Like you're just doing it because she did it to you. Like yeah. come on. Um but yeah, and then uh Loki starts to actually figure some stuff out. Like during apocalypse events, there have been zero um what do they call it? Zero energy uh, signatures? Yeah, as far as, uh, I believe so, yeah. Shoot, man, what the heck is it? <laughs> See, this is another instance of where just, you know, the average guy spewing nonsense yeah. and not actually having notes ready to talk about the uh, the the variance energy. Time yes. Group. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, so then Loki gets an idea saying that, hey, uh, they're hiding where an apocalypse is because it gives yeah. off that zero energy signature. Um, yeah. And, he, and even then, you see that moment of Mobius being able to check him. And he's like, there are hundreds of apocalypses. Like, like yeah. basically N- checking his knowledge. Yeah. Like, yeah, basically coming back at him like, yeah, oh, uh, yeah, you found this little, like, it, it makes sense, but you're not really giving me any information. It's like, it, it'd be like if somebody was saying, oh, well, they're in a state in the United States. It's like, mm-hmm. y- you can't do that. <laughs> There's too many of those. Yes, uh, yeah, obviously. And then... Uh, his little uh, his metaphor with his bowl of salad. Yes, love that. Yes. What was the What was the one image that stood out in that whole entire thing? <sighs> I'm 
the pouring the drink drink on it. <laughs> the drink drink for me was like number two, but yeah. it was awesome seeing him just squeeze that all on there. But the salt and pepper shaking, where he's just like <laughs> oh yeah, shaking yes. at his hands like just vigorously yeah. and while he talks nonchalantly and like giving his little head yeah. nods and he's just shaking his hands. And uh, obviously, everyone listening out there can't see, but I'm actually doing the shaking hand motion yes. and uh, just doing that. It just I don't know, it brings joy to me. It's it, it's hysterical just watching him do it over and over again. And then Owen Wilson's character immediately immediately been like, that's my salad. I want to eat that now. Like, no, yeah. stop doing that. Like, I don't know. That, that whole scene, the whole delivery, yeah. per- perfection, man. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. Um, but we do, they talk about the apocalypse. He said, we got to try it out. Let's, he said, let's, like, just go to, let's go to Ragnarok. And he's like, you just want to escape. And so, like, let's, let's do something different. Yeah. And they end up going to Italy. Yes. But not just any place in Italy, uh, Pompeii yep. in 79 AD. Yep. We all know what happens in Pompeii. And uh, the start of the scene is, is pretty funny. They're, like, kind of whispering in an alleyway in a yeah. corridor. And they're like, okay, like, what minor things should we do now? And then Loki just does, <laughs> I mean. Nothing minor about it. <laughs> yeah, nothing minor about it. He just dives right in and uh, makes a whole entire scene. While Mobius is just sitting there recording the uh, the energy frequencies, yeah. um, and and nothing happens. There's no energy, nope. and that leads them to a breakthrough where Mobius, typical trope scene here of him going back to the judge and be like, "We got it. We got to break in the case. You got to give us. You got to give yeah. us the go." Um, but uh, well, before there, they have to actually find another apocalypse where they think they're the variant is hiding. Yeah, and. Uh, they do another research scene, scene except together, which yes. I, I enjoyed that as well. Uh, yeah, I, I think that was like that was a very traditional scene of the way that Mobius set it up and make it in a competition. It was a very it was it was a good scene of leadership, is what it was. It was he was pulling him along, is what he was, and you know you set up something that is friendly competition that brings out your that brings out the fire in the other person, and you're to make it more fun and easier for you to be able to figure out what is going on. Definitely, definitely, I think uh, Mobius is kind of taking on a father figure, kind of uh, for Loki, you know, taking the place of Odin, of course, because he he learns that Odin does die and I kind of see that as how he's going with it. Yeah, definitely like under your wing, um just trying to look out for them like you yeah. see better potential yeah. for the the character of Loki um and you don't want to see him revert back to his backstabbing ways like yeah. even though you literally done it 50 times in your life. Gosh, uh, that was <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. I won't says, do it again. Yeah, I won't do it. Uh what it's overplayed or I'm bored of it or something like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, man, Loki, he's his his execution with some of these lines is yeah. is just so amazing. Well, it's it's, it's and it's just hilarious because it's like he tries to play these things off, but then he forgets to some extent how much Mobius actually knows. Yeah, and yeah. Like and Mobius is just yeah, you know, he just stops him right there and he's like, "No, like I know exactly what you're gonna do here. Yeah. You've done it fifty times before." Yeah. I mean, Tom Hiddleston's acting abilities is incredible. I mean, his facial expressions when he's going through that is just hilarious. Yeah, he's very good with his facial feature delivery and uh, just his overall emotional mm-hmm. um, range. And then just his delivery of lines. Like, man, this is this has been such a treat to watch weekly. And, like, the fact that it's only going to be six weeks instead of uh, anything longer, like 13 or, like, a standard series of yeah. 13. <sighs> man. We need more Tom Hiddleston in our life. That's for sure. 
Yeah, I do. It is kind of stinking seeing all these uh, Disney Plus shows be so short. Like, I understand in some senses to where, you know, these are usually people that are a little bit more higher caliber actor-wise. So, like, they have movies to go on to. They have these other obligations. And so you're kind of trying to condense it. And sometimes it's actually better to condense stuff. Sometimes... When you see a twenty-four episode run, you're like, oh, like you know, there's gonna be three, four episodes in there. They're just gonna be filler. Yeah. Um. So that, that is the that is the benefit of having the six yeah. episode is but every every episode has like meaning. It has to have meaning. meaning. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it, sometimes it'd be nice to see if they'd push it out to like ten, like ten or thirteen would be a really nice number for you to get a lot of information and stuff in there. But you know, you, you know, it's six that you have to nail it. Yeah. And you know, sometimes you do and sometimes you don't. We've seen there be some missing some marks with, you know, Falcon and the Winter Soldier where it felt, you felt like they tried to do a little bit too much with what they were trying to do. But, you know, it, it seems like so far Loki has done a really good job of keeping focus and um, as a series anyway, not so much the character. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it seems like they're keeping focus and they're driving forward and they're not really giving you any information that, doesn't fit into the series timeline. Yeah, they're definitely pushing the the storyline. Uh, so far, it didn't feel like any was any scene was a wasted scene. Yeah, uh, each scene had something to to build upon to either develop a character, develop the plot line. So I'm all on board with that. Um, but uh, because they're doing their research together, Owen Wilson and Tom Hiddleston, Loki and o- Mo- Mobius, uh, they are uh, they on. Un- Uncover an apocalypse event in 2050, yes. um, Alabama, Haven Hills, Alabama, which Alabama, just the, the fact that we're yeah. dealing with Alabama in a Marvel series is pretty crazy because I try not to deal with Alabama in my real life. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and now here we go, and I'm now I'm invested. Um, so anyway, an apocalypse, uh, I think they said uh, level 10 uh, apocalypse event yeah. happens uh, in Haven Hills, and so they go to a big uh, convenience store, general store, kind of like Walmart. Yeah, um, where a, that whole section is about to be obliterated by an, a, a level ten uh, apocalypse, uh, which is crazy to think of. First off, um, yeah. But uh, so they go there, uh, but then like even be- just before they go there, they're walking th- to the the gateway, and just Owen Wilson's like, "Oh yeah, I mean, this is a, a great breakthrough. You might even get yeah. uh, time with the the." Uh, Face to face with the timekeepers, and Loki's like, "Oh, whoa! I actually that's on the table." And he's like, uh, "He's like, yeah, keep that motivation. Let's get, let's go." Um, so I do feel like Loki definitely has ulterior motives still. Um, yeah, and we we obviously he does. He's he's trying to manipulate. He's trying to uh, make things work for for him. Yes. Right. Uh, and later on, when he talks to the variant, he's like, "Oh yeah, I work for myself. Like they're working for me. That's that yeah. kind of thing." Um, but uh, watch. I don't know. How much you really believe that or not yeah, is kind of yeah, exactly. But my my thing is here, like the the scene is gonna unfold and like the timekeepers are gonna be brought up multiple times. But like before we get into the scene, like timekeeper, uh, but uh, before we get into this final scene sequence, like what do you guys think about the timekeepers right now? Like what what is your general feeling so far? Curiosity. Um, yeah, there's a lot of curiosity, but it, it, it for me it's kind of leading a little bit towards shady curiosity. Yeah, um, there you go. Anybody behind the curtain that far is generally hiding something from 
the the people that they are using to do this kind of stuff. Um, all their explanations about them have been very, like, down the rung type of answers. It's always been like, well, we just do what we do because we do it. Right. Like, and for an org- yeah, for an organization that is supposed to be so so a so powerful and b so um so, uh, like so all encompassing, it is a bit disconcerting to know that um the setup is so top heavy um to where the decision decisions are being made. Yeah, okay. So, um the conversation that they have about um like why do you why do you believe what you believe in the in the cafeteria area? Yeah. Um where Owen Wilson's like it's not it's not a believe or not believe, it's more of a what is. Yeah. Um just that whole conversation right there leads me to believe that the timekeepers aren't actually what they're being portrayed as. Yeah. And uh I don't know. The the we're definitely going to get into speculation a little bit later, but I just wanted to see everyone's general thoughts going into... And they have a giant three statues yeah, of them. Yeah, yeah. In the so, Marriott Marquis. <laughs> <laughs> You're pointing out all these Georgia locations because, you. I mean, it's obvious. Yes. <laughs> um, so, anyway, they, they then go into Alabama 2050, which, like I said about Alabama before, like, avoid it. Avoid it with, like, the plague. Um, <laughs> and then uh, you're the closest. You live the closest to Alabama, don't you? Two minutes from the yeah, line. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, uh, they go there, and it, as soon as they get there, um, Hunter, B-15, and them break up into groups where, where Mobius and Loki try to go off together. Yeah. But Hunter B-15 says, no, he's coming with me, and then they break up. And I immediately knew, once Mobius and Loki were separated, that it was not going to go well. Yeah. At all. Um. And right before, right when they start breaking up, you see it pan out, and you go to security camera footage, and you see the silhouette of the variant that yeah. they're hunting, uh, setting a charge and watching them walk away. And, uh, I mean, I, you just knew the scene was going to be intense, yeah. uh, and it was going to give you a whole lot of information, and the, like, I'm biting my nails trying to figure out, okay, like, oh, who's this variant going to be? Yes, it's Loki, but, like, what are they going to look like? Are they going to look like Tom Hiddleston? Somebody else? Yeah. Um, but then we see... Um, Hunter B-15 walks up to a civilian, quote-unquote civilian, yeah. in there, and they touch her, and uh, you see the Loki, uh, Loki-ish green yeah. um, transfer to her, and uh, now she is being controlled by the variant. Yes. Um, and the dialogue between the variant and Loki throughout this entire sequence is, is very good, and um, the information that Loki's able to draw out or the variance try- draws out yeah. as well. Like it, it's a, it's a lot of give and take as far as information goes. Um, but what do you guys think about the back and forth? I enjoyed it. Um, like you said, you got a whole lot of information out of both of them. Um, going back and forth was really really good. Um, trying to think back some of the back and forth that they had. <laughs> yeah, like there's there's the one the, the one point where they get to the end of their little back and forth and he's like well, come fa- come to me face to face or whatever and he's like I got crap to do like yeah. uh and so they're off in the background working when she makes her third body switch. Uh oh, I said she. A spoiler, right? Yeah. Um but anyway, they make the, they make their third body switch and uh it's, I don't know, I, the whole body switching thing is uh, is pretty intriguing um yeah. because that's something we haven't seen uh, our current Loki that we're following necessarily do. Yeah. We've seen the image projection, which um, 
we're, we're familiar with, very familiar with. Um, it's one of the, the main things he uses throughout the entire yeah. uh, universe, uh, MCU. Um, but the the transferring uh, from from body to body, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I just love that. that and they had some that. interesting like foreshadowing at the beginning when he was talking about you know, oh, like the difference between what he does. You know, he, he's explaining it to these people, and then it comes up. Of course, it comes back. You know, and that setup. Um, oh, of course. And you know, it was interesting. Um, I did enjoy like the switching of the bodies. I generally despise that in TV series, but. The way they did it to where it was handed off in a sense of, like, you always knew who the person was, really. I was okay with that. Um, the whole, like, body switching yourself, like, I always hate that in TV series because I feel like it's such a clumsy and, like, lazy way to throw off, like, the plot or throw off characters, you know. Or, to, you know, oh, well, it wasn't actually this person who shot that person. It was... Uh, it was somebody pretending to be them or something ridiculous like that. But they didn't really do that in this. It was more of a just, it, it was more of an explanation of the powers. And in a way, it was kind of a, um, it was a way for the variant to almost, um, you know, be disrespectful to Loki. You know, in a way. Um, yeah, there's more important things yeah. to do than to face him. There's more important, yeah. yeah, like, or, you know, he only really has to give... The very only has to give part part of his attention to him. You know, it, it's like sending one of your assistants to go deal with a deal or something like that. You know, <laughs> yeah. um, it, to the point to where you know it is a little bit disrespectful. And I feel like that there was a you know a playful power struggle going on about them feeling each other out. Who's more and superior? Who, who yeah. yeah? Who is superior? You know, I mean, the variant even drops at one point. Oh, and to think I was afraid. She says something along the lines of, "Oh, and to think I was afraid you might be superior to me or something <laughs> like that." Yeah. You know, one of my favorite uh, go back and forths was uh, with Randy. Yes, Randy. Randy, you know, by far the the my favorite one. One the the my favorite part was whenever he called him Loki. Oh and yeah. He says. Don't call me that. Call me Randy. Yes. And he's like, yeah. oh, now I see why Thor hated that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Randy just, I don't know. I really enjoyed when <laughs> the variant was Randy. Um, and for me, it kind of gave me a sense of something more deeper that she, something with her name, Loki, there's something going on with that. She doesn't want to be called Loki, so she's, something is deep down bothering her that could be, what the whole plot is, why she's going. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, you could be completely, that could be, it could be something that's associated with her name. Maybe it's because the name was given to her by an Asgardian mm -hmm. or something along those lines, that that's why she wants to be separated from it um, when she wants to be Randy. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, it, it, and, yeah, it was, you, you do get a lot about both of them and where they are in the states of being Loki, um, even to the point to where, I actually feel like uh, the line that I said before was actually a really good representation of where they are at because the variant was willing to admit that there's the possibility that there could be a superior Loki out there. Whereas our Loki is completely unable to come to grips with that. And he believes that he is a superior Loki no matter right, what. Yeah. So there is a dangerous... It's kind of like the idea of being wise, you know, the it's the, the idea of like the wise man is the person who is willing to, to understand that they don't know everything. So there's a dangerous nature to that, I think, in a little bit in that simple phrase um, and the way that it's said is that sh 
the variant understands the universe and the maybe the time stream more than our Loki does. Um, and that is very dangerous for Loki because, you know, there are all kinds of possibilities out there that he cannot even comprehend at the moment. Yeah, and uh, it is revealed that the variant is a female. Yes. Um, and we are led to believe that it is a female version of Loki. Yes. Um, she does have the little the horns on the forehead as far yeah. as, uh, you know, Loki's signature look, his costume. Um, and then you mentioned that uh, they may know they may know more about the timeline than, yeah. than Loki. Well, I mean, I feel like that is evident, especially since yeah. the the charges of the resets are are set and they yeah. literally drop through time. And we get a, a scene flashback to the TVA uh, or a parallel flashback to the TVA yeah. where um, you see them like, oh, the, the timeline is being bombed, and like there's different points in time that you see branches coming out of. Yeah. Uh, so there's obviously something there, and then like when Loki talks to her and says that, um, like join me, I need a, like a lieutenant to to overthrow the timekeepers. Yeah. And she's like, I'm not looking to rule, uh, the, the, the over the timekeepers or the timeline, and so like there's definitely another motive there that she yeah. is working with, and obviously we didn't find that out in this episode, but just just the way it kind of it ends, and uh, she. She sets off the, all the reset charges. They go through time, destroy the branch, uh, or create branches and just start destroying yeah. timeline. Then dips out the door, and then Loki's standing there by the door, has a chance to follow her, or Mobius comes running down yeah. with Hunter B-15. And uh, they're like, no, Loki, stay. Like, don't, like, like, yeah. don't move, don't move, or whatever, right? And then uh, Loki makes a decision to go through the door with her. Yes. And uh, so... She kind of got the upper hand on Loki on like my cause is better than your cause, uh, like come on let's go. Yeah, that's what that's the kind of feeling I got from it. But uh, do you believe that he's betraying Mobius, or is he actually still going to be working for Mobius? I believe he's still working with Mobius. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, he's okay, working good. With Mobius all right, well. glad. Okay, so we're all on the same page. Uh, but I do a hundred percent believe. That at that moment it's supposed to look like yes. he is, yes. especially from Mobius and yes. Hunter B-15's point of view. Is it supposed to look like oh he's making the choice, choice. to follow yeah. them instead of, uh, and help instead of making the choice to follow her and to figure out more about what's going on. Yeah. So episode ends here. Okay. Yep. So um, where we're at is a uh, female variant. Goes through the door. We don't know where to. Loki follows after, therefore separating himself from Mobius and the Time Variance Authority. So, uh, let's talk about speculation and what we think might happen next. Yeah. Um, I think it's partially a trap for Loki. I mean, you know, for our Loki. Uh, the breadcrumbs were placed there by the variant for him to go to that specific... Um, I think he found it in a way, but it was also placed for him to find like the, um, that gum or whatever that was, yeah. that was from the first episode, of course. And it was only sold during the specific time period. And then they end up finding that specific apocalypse. apocalypse yeah. Um, I, I believe that there may be a possibility that the variant left that gum there because she knew that Mobius was going to work with Loki and that they were going to find this and that, you know, she could potentially use that as a trap for him at this apocalypse. I definitely believe it was 100% a trap. Yeah. Uh, the gum or the candy was 
left there completely on purpose. Um, I fully believe that she was doing it to lure them in. Now, if she knew Loki was going to be involved in it or not, I'm not 100%. Um, but I do definitely think that they were trying, she was definitely trying to draw someone in to where she was at, knowing that she had a trap set and ready for him. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I do think that Loki is going to be able to get more information. And I don't think it's going to be an instant trap. I think that she believes that she can still kind of lure him over to her side. And, like, she needs a good yeah. lieutenant. So, like, somebody she can trust and work with. And, uh, I don't know. I feel like that there's going to be a couple minutes in the next episode of just the back and forth of like, will Loki stay with her and help her or will he not? That little dance, that little song and yeah. dance that uh, that Loki's known for doing. And uh, but in, in the end, like she's going to realize Loki is not really looking out for for her or the cause. And he will end up being, uh, I don't know, put in a position to where <laughs> Death is on the table, and Mobius is going to have to intervene somehow or find him, which in this episode it is stated that um, it's like, Loki, where are you going to go? We, we know how to find you. Like, you're, you're, you're going to be fine. Yeah. Um, and so, like, they're going to they're gonna find Loki. They're going to catch up to him. And, I'm, I mean, I'm calling it out. Loki's going to be saved by Mobius uh, in some yeah. form or fashion. So. And I'm curious, you just bringing that up. Maybe that's why he followed her in there, knowing to, that they can find they can him find and they can then therefore find her. Yep. Yeah. Um, I'm more intrigued to see what's going to happen with the timeline during all this. So, like, we see the sacred timeline, but then we see all the branches starting to form. Yeah. Uh, will this be like a thing that can be resolved in the series, or is this? Do you really do you think this is going to be a continuation into uh, No Way Home and Multiverse of Madness? What I think is going to happen is there's not enough time in this series to do the whole, like, I think if this was a longer-running series, it would be one of those things where, oh, now we have a reason to jump back, like, have an episode where we go to Pompeii, we go to, you know, this tragedy, or th this apocalypse, this apocalypse, this apocalypse. What I think is going to have to happen is they're going to have to break the, uh, like, kind of rule they kind of have set where basically when Loki asked, oh, well, why can't we just go before this happened and go from there? I think what they're going to have to do is this is going to be such a big issue that they're going to have to circle back on that moment to fix anything that they're going to try to fix. Yeah, I mean, you bring out a good point, the breaking the rule, because yeah. they do actually take time in the beginning of this episode to state, like, Loki's like, why don't we just come back before the variant gets the Minutemen? Yeah. And he's like, well, no, you gotta come back to the timeline as it's playing out, or else it'll set a, set off madness yeah. and craziness or whatever, right? So they established the rule there, so I do think you're right, that they are going to break that rule, and so from Thinking this... Thinking that is gonna fix it, man. Right. So from this point on, like, I'm gonna start checking things out in the background, because, like, I have a feeling that there's gonna be something going on, and they're gonna get, like, paths are gonna cross, and we're gonna... You'll pick up on some things in episodes, like, so now I'm in, like, investigator mode, and, like, anything that goes on from here out, here out like, I'm gonna be like, oh, what's going on back there? Like, I mean, we have uh, people talking about Peggy Carter in the last episode was in the background, like, now I'm gonna be, like, full-on... Yeah, <laughs> I spy mode and, and uh, <laughs> looking for any and every excuse to uh, 
see what's going on. Like I'm gonna be all like, oh, Mephisto there, Mephisto there, and all. But yeah, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no. Um, Everybody's Mephisto. Yeah, exactly. So so yeah. Um, anybody have any other speculations going on? Do y'all feel like it's a true female Loki, or do you feel like she's in disguise? I kind of think that she's somebody else. I have that gut feeling that she's not actually a Lady Loki. I think that she is somebody else. You kind of get that same... Yes. Yeah. I kind of feel that's what I kind of get the sense of. Yeah. What um, if it's Hela? Hela? Oh, man. Um, if Only if it was Kate Blanchett, but yeah. like if it's not, then obviously it's not. Yeah. <laughs> so like I don't, I don't want it to be. Um, what if it's Kate Blanchett in disguise? Yeah. Some some people are saying that they think it might be the Enchantress, which oh, yeah. that would be pretty interesting to see. Oh, um, yeah, it would definitely be an interesting character to be introduced yeah. into the series. But I do I thought I remember hearing that she was like cast as a secondary role in Doctor Strange, but if that was the case then there would be two different actresses and um I don't know. But uh that would be pretty cool to see. I, I mean I really do believe that she is a different character, not Lady Loki. Yeah. Um but I don't know. Uh, here's a crazy here's a crazy theory that I saw floating around social media, and just by the few things that have been said about the time variance and uh, just the the color scheme of what the world looks like and all that, um, there's people out there pointing out that the time variance actually exists within the quantum realm. Oh yeah, and uh, because. Owen Wilson literally says the line like time works differently here. Like yeah. Um. So what if the TVA actually exists in the quantum realm and the timekeepers aren't actually timekeepers and the sacred timeline? <sighs> I mean, because you we saw them go through the quantum realm to get to uh the past and endgame. Correct. Right. Uh, yeah. Okay. So the the timekeepers are just actually people that have kind of mastered the quantum quantum physics or quantum yeah. whatever, right? Um, and that's gonna actually set up for Ant, Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumanium, and it may actually end up being Kang the Conqueror who is in charge of. I have heard about the possibility of Kang. Yeah. Uh, I hadn't heard the other stuff about it being them being the quantum realm. Although it would make sense with like the time p- possibilities and the fact that they're kind of like outside of everything, they're kind of like in their own like separate, um, you know, time like period or whatever you want to refer to it as pocket, you know, reality, whatever right. it may be. Uh, they're they're not really inside yeah. what we normally think of as you know the reality basically. Yeah, I just I mean I just thought this was one of those uh, those fun Marvel theories like kind of like the Mephisto played out every week. Yeah, <laughs> um, but uh, I don't know. We'll see if it ends up being that. Then cool, kudos to whoever thought about that. Um, but I don't know. I just thought it would be uh, interesting to talk about for a minute. So, uh, any final thoughts of uh, the episode or the series? Like I said, I mean, I overall, it's still a great series. Um, I do have one thing. Now, whenever the first scene, did you kind of get the hint for whenever they play the music that it was going to be a female Loki? Okay, so it's funny you mention that. Like, when I got the impression that it was going to be a female, when uh, whoever the Minutemen person that got uh, – Taken. taken over. Yeah. Uh, when the variant touched the forehead of the person, the f- just the finger and the hand looked like a female. Yeah. I was like, 
we're getting either Lady Loki or a, f- a female period, right? Yeah. And I could I could tell right then and there that it was going to be a female, just yeah. based on the finger and the hand movement that it was a female. I, I did feel like there was a possibility that it could have been a woman, just from the basic fact that they, they were real squirrely about showing anything up until you know later in that episode. Um, and just in the sense of she, they were always covered up. There was no, no facial, like you didn't even get like a side where like there was like something dark where you could see that. So, you know, and of course, anytime in a TV series, when they do that, you know, something's, something's a little squirrely. Like there's something off. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. For me, whenever they were playing the, the music for whenever they went into the, renaissance fair and the guy was speaking and he was saying how it was going to be a princess good versus evil all that i'm like it's a female for nice. sure oh. for sure yeah, yeah that's, that's actually yeah. yeah i'm glad yeah i'm glad you pointed that out because i yeah he did say princess didn't he that's yeah. wow good catch yeah, man. good, good catch. yeah I like yeah that. for sure um all right any any other last things no you guys good no i think we're all good all right. Well, uh, before we end, uh, if you guys r- appreciate listening to us, uh, go ahead and throw us a uh, five-star review on Apple. Uh, we really appreciate that. Yep. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter, at Royal Geek Pod. Uh, we would love to interact with anybody listening. And, uh, you know, just uh, feel free to listen to us on any podcast catcher out there. Um, we Apple, Google, you know, all the, all the big ones. So... Anyway, uh, we appreciate you guys listening, and we will see you next time, you peasants. Peasants.